30 minute timeout. At Live with Boomer on Twitter or TCB Baby on this day in Sports History. I'm Ron at A R E O H E N 4. Football is back, baby. The Raiders. Raider Nation. Let's go, Yankees. And welcome to another edition of 30 Minute Timeout. It is Monday, August 20th. And on this day in sports history, in 1991, Miami Dolphin Dan Marino surpasses Joe Montana as the highest-paid NFL player with a five-year extension for $25 million. Dan Marino, the highest-paid in the NFL for $25 million. And also on this day in sports history, this one's for you, Boomer, in the year 2000, Tiger Woods becomes the first since Ben Hogan in 1953 to win three majors in one calendar year and wins the playoff with Bob May. I'm Ron at A-R-E-O-H-E-N-4 on Twitter and Instagram. I already said his name. As always, joined by Boomer. How you feeling? I'm feeling good, man. Uh, so, if people, if you listen to last week's show, Ron and I had a bet about Staten Island versus Des Moines, so I owe Ron a 30-minute timeout T-shirt from the website. Uh, Staten Island ended up beating Des Moines. Yeah, but but Des Moines had the <sighs> first lead on Staten Island uh, all all qualifying in two years. Tournament. So that yeah, so that's pretty neat. Um, but yep, we went down slowly and lost, and we got a big surprise for anybody who's on here uh, in just a little bit. Uh, but also, we talked about a couple weeks ago. This is the first hour-long thirty-minute timeout, which makes no sense. <laughs> it does. Yeah, it will make it make sense. Also, the Fantasy Football League is full. There are no more spots. You had your chance if you wanted to. It's over now. There's 12 people. We don't know about half the league. So if you listen to the show and you are in the league, tweet at us. Let us know. Let us know you're there. Uh, I'm excited for it, boom. It's going to be a good one. we got a good show coming up tonight. Uh going to be pretty packed out. We're going to talk some NFL we're going to talk the AP came out with the preseason NCAA rankings. You know, Boomer's all over that. Oh, We're yeah. going to talk Des Bryant. We're going to talk Adrian Peterson signing with the Washington Redskins after their running back injury. We're going to talk about the Yankees still trailing the Red Sox and the Oakland A's really, really making it look like they're going to force the Astros to play the Yankees in a one-game playoff because they look like they're going to take that division. Last night was also WWE SummerSlam. Uh, I guess you could call it a historic night, even if you're a UFC fan. Ronda Rousey did something nobody else has ever done before. But first on the show, we have a guest. And Boomer was just talking about the Little League World Series. We were talking about Staten Island versus Des Moines. Staten Island went on to win. Staten Island went on again to win yesterday against the team from Houston, Texas. Now they're one win away from the U.S. championship round. We're going to have on Staten Island Little League coach. If you're from Staten Island, you know him. 
more specifically as Mid-Island Little League coach. Joe Calabrese will literally be on the show in about 45 seconds. We'll be calling him in. And uh, I'm pretty hey, excited for gonna, that, Boom. Yeah, I was going to say something real quick. Uh, so I live in Des Moines now. I've lived in Houston. So you guys are just uh-huh. running through cities that I've lived in. <laughs> That's it. That's it. They're a powerhouse. If they end up playing like Phoenix or Atlanta, just let me know. I feel like you're going to no, be playing everybody else. Oh, okay. That's who it is. Yep. So, boom, I, if you want to go ahead and uh, let's give him a call. I'll let's give him uh, a let's call. get Coach, Coach Calabrese on the show. Hello. Hey, Coach. It's Ron from How you doing? Time out. I'm with Boomer. How's everything going? All right. How's it going, guys? Good, good. What's going We're on, awesome, man? On, Coach. Yeah, my pleasure. So, so, a little bit about us. Uh, I already spoke with you. I'm a Staten Island guy, Coach. I'm behind you guys 100%. Um, you know, the whole <laughs> island is. We saw everybody travel out. My buddy Boomer over here, the co-host of the show, you guys took his team out. He he's, he lives in Des Moines, Iowa, Coach. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, they, you know, they were a good team. Uh, their pitcher, their, their number one guy was a real, real strong arm. I mean, he threw really well, you know, and, um, you know, but we, we battled. We got a couple of breaks, a couple of hits, and uh, we took advantage of a couple of opportunities. So, uh they were a good team. Uh, coaches were a bunch of good guys, too. They were a good, good team right there. Yeah, Coach, you guys uh, hear me? Yeah, I'm having a tough time hearing you. No, we hear you. Can you hear us can now? Can you hear us okay? Yeah, you're cutting in and out on me a little bit, bud. Go ahead. I can hear you now. Okay. Coach, right. I noticed the team, you guys are they're, they're very disciplined. The kids at the plate, you see a lot of, they get into a lot of hitters counts, a lot of 2-0 counts. Two one counts, is that is that all coaching or or do these kids just have a a high baseball IQ for twelve year olds because they've been pretty dominant. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, this this started in June, but for us it started like over three years ago. Um, you know, when they were ten years old and all stars, you know, that's when it starts. And you know, at ten years old, we're talking about twelve year twelve years old and getting the Williamsport. You know, that's always the goal, and we're working at ten to get here at twelve. You know. You know, these kids, they work extremely hard. Um, you know, I'm a disciplinarian. I try to keep them, you know, focused. Uh, we work on the little things. You know, even thing we talk about things all the time, counts, being selective in the count, getting, you know, have a quality at bats, you know, getting a good pitch to hit, you know. 2-0, you don't necessarily have to swing at a strike. It's got to be your strike, you know. So uh, we go over a lot of that stuff, you know, and, and they're pretty much pretty good group of kids. I mean, uh, they got a good IQ for baseball. You know, they know what we're trying to uh, accomplish, and, you know, they're pretty focused. They do a great job. They really do. Uh, I actually uh, was – before you hop, uh, hopped on, we were actually just talking about it. So, I live in Des Moines, Iowa. He's in Staten Island. It's a weird pairing, and it's pretty crazy that you guys played in the first game. Uh, but what I was telling Ron before that, I used to live in Houston, too, so it seems like you're just going through cities I used to live in and just taking them out. I mean, you're, you're um, I'm me hoping here. I'm hoping you lived in Honolulu also. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I never got to there. I don't think I would have left if I got there. Yeah, well, uh, it's been working out pretty good. Like I said, the team's playing really well. They're a good group of kids. They work extremely hard. 
there's a lot of distractions going on here, but they know the reason we're here. Uh, you know, I tell them, look around, see what's going on, but understand one thing. Once the game starts, you know, it's it. It's in between the lines, and uh, we could be playing here with 20,000 people or you're playing back home in Little League with 50 people. You know, it it doesn't matter. The field's the same size, and you just got to go to work and do your thing. And, you know, they have, they, they're they not happy to just be here, which is a good thing. You know, a lot of teams, they get here, they're just excited to be here. You know, we had a dominant run last year, and uh, we won the States. We went 11-0. and uh, You know, we anticipated being here. Like, we anticipated having a great opportunity to be here. And, you know, it wasn't just about getting here for us. You know, it's hopefully winning that last banner, you know, winning the U.S. championship, getting on to the game on Sunday, the international game, and winning that as well. Yeah, Coach, speaking to that, uh, like you said, there's a lot of distractions. I mean, you see, of course, everybody's talking about Greg Bruno. Pitched a perfect game to get you guys there. I mean, I, I'd love to show some love to the catcher because I think that kid is great also. Uh, I, I don't know his name. I'm not familiar with his name, but he's he's been playing uh, just, just as good as anybody, I think. Um, with the distractions, I mean, these kids seem like they're, they're professionals when you see them on TV, the way they carry themselves. I mean, they're signing autographs with other with other players. They just seem like they're having a good time. But like you said, in between the lines, they, they do seem focused. How, how yeah. Does that speak to why they've been so dominant? I mean, obviously you have to have balls bounce your way. You guys have had a couple of wild pitches go uh, in your favor. But do, do you think that mostly the way they carry themselves is why they've been so dominant so far in the tournament? Well, there's a lot of things to tap on there, and you hit me with a couple of different questions. First one is my, my catcher is Chris Cancel. Uh, Chris he does an absolutely terrific job. He's got a real high IQ back there. He's, he's a terrific catcher. He does a great job receiving back there, staying underneath balls, got a great arm. You know, he's, he's kind of one of those guys, you're right, he is that unforgotten, he's that forgotten guy that, uh, you know, doesn't get the credit he deserves. He's had plenty of big hits for us along the way, and uh, he does a terrific job. As far as the rest of the stuff, yeah, we have gotten breaks, but you know what? I mean, that's part of the game. I mean, you know, we don't give the breaks up. I can tell you that. You know, we're pretty disciplined, right. and, and we don't really kick it around often, you know, and that that's just part of the game. I mean, you know, we're going to take advantage of whatever opportunities we get. Uh, my kids are disciplined. They're focused because, you know, we have a plan coming up here. Like I said, we're not happy to be here. You know, they know, you know, they're going to have a good time here. But they know why we're here. And the bottom line is we're here to win the Little League World Series. And, um, you know, and, and with that comes the focus that they need. They're, they're, they're a special group. Um, you know, games have been getting tighter. Yeah, we've had a great run, I mean, in two years. But, uh, you know, these games, I tell you, they're getting nerve-wracking. Fifth and sixth inning, you know, uh, getting real tight. Like, you know, and, uh, you know, 2-1 games and they're close games. And, you know, every team is good at this level at this point. So, you know, anything can happen on any given day. We got to just try to do what we do best, and that's throw strikes, catch the ball, and no mental mistakes. You know, and if we could do that, uh, we got a pretty good chance of winning. Hey, uh, so Coach, yeah, I was going to ask. Oh, go ahead, Boomer. Yeah, I was going to ask you real quick if uh, you've been catching any flack to getting censored on ESPN. Did any of the kids uh, give you a hard time or any any of the parents? <laughs> well, I'll tell you the truth. I didn't say anything out of line. <laughs> I was upset with my player. Because that's something we've done, you know, we run the bases. We've had, we started in June 1st. I mean, we're in the end, well, I don't even know where, we're in the end of August now. So we've probably ran the bases 50 times with me standing at third base, you know, having guys pick me up as they're rounding second. 
you know, so that's a mental mistake that's unacceptable. You know, I can I can understand there is stuff like that, but we don't tolerate mental mistakes. And I really got to tell you the truth. I wasn't happy about that. You know, he knows it. He knows he made a mistake, but you know, he won't make that mistake again. I can promise you that. For sure. But so I, I didn't say what, anything. What you... I, I didn't say any. I didn't use any vulgarities or anything like that. I was just getting <laughs> on him for for making that mistake, and I think uh, they, you know, ESPN didn't want to see that. I guess you know. Yeah, I believe Coach, that. Coach, what are you and the team? What are you? What are you guys doing at this point on off days? Is there still a light practice, maybe fundamentals, or like what are you doing to prepare for Honolulu uh, this Wednesday? Well, I mean, we practice every day, like just like we do back home. Uh, right now, uh, you know, we'll go out, we'll spend an hour in the cages. You know, we'll do some drills, we'll take some swings, some front toss. You know, we'll throw live to them. You know. Giving them everything I got because these guys are bringing it, you know. So I'm throwing, you know, I'm throwing to them, and uh, you know, we get our work in and out in there for about an hour. Then we're on the field usually about an hour, an hour and a half. You know, we'll get some long tossing in, you know, take some IO, work on some individuals, you know, and just, just, you know, just get ready and just stay focused and stay sharp. That's all we're trying to do is stay sharp and uh, just be ready on uh, Wednesday night. And uh, coach, I just want to touch on one thing, um, obviously. The whole, everything's a great story. Um, and there's also another story attached to it. A few years ago, your brother had passed away. I'm sure a lot of people know at this point. Um, and your nephew's on the team now. Can you just real real quickly just talk about how uh, that has brought you and your nephew together and the team together this season? I mean, as far as, I mean, I was always close with my nephew. Um, you know, obviously losing a parent, uh, you know, can't can't be a great thing for a young kid, you know. So uh, you know, I mean, I was my family's real tight, and um, you know, when that happened, it, it you know it became my responsibility to take care of my nieces and nephews, you know. So you know, uh, that was four years ago, and you know, I take care of them like they're my own kids now. So uh, you know, it's just it's just it's part it's part of what's going on here. Everybody knows the story, you know. Um, you know, mm-hmm. this year I dedicated our all-star run to my brother. And uh, he would be just extremely proud of his son, the way he plays, the way he handles himself. And, um, you know, it's just it's just, it's just just something, I don't know, <clears throat> say family closure, but it just helped the healing process, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, and Staten Island, again, I mean, with that story included, is, is behind you, your nephew, and, and the whole team, of course. Um, Coach, just a, just a few light questions, just to wrap it up. Let's get to know you a little bit. You grew up on Staten Island. Yes, uh, grew up on Staten. Well, I was born in Brooklyn, moved over when I was about five or six years old. So I've been in Staten Island Me for too. quite a while. Um, you know, I went to Moore Catholic High School, went to St. John's. Uh, you know, have my our, me and my wife have our own businesses now. So uh, that's pretty much my story. I've been coaching for a long time. You know, probably 20 years now. I started when my kids were in, and uh, you know, I just I, I love it. I enjoy it. Uh, it's great. This age, this group of age with the kids at this age group, I should say, is it's a great age because there's no you know no interference. You know, and, uh, there's no really girls involved yet. You know, so uh, they just strictly <laughs> want to play ball. Even even when they're done practicing, they're in the they're in the room here and we're yelling at them because they're throwing balls around and that's all they want to do, you know. And um, awesome. it's just it's good stuff. It's a great age. That's great, Coach. I'll let you go. I got one more question for you. As a Staten Islander, you know we love our food. Where's your favorite place to go eat? 
Oh, geez. His, I'm going to get in trouble if I answer that because I go to a lot of different places. <laughs> uh, all right, all right. I, I won't mean, get you in trouble, Coach. Yeah, there's a lot of great restaurants in Staten Island, and uh, yeah. I hit all of them pretty much. i got to be honest with you. So uh, i got a lot of friends in the restaurant business too, so i got to be careful what I say there. I want to pass on that question. <laughs> you got it, Coach. <laughs> Thanks for coming on. Good luck the rest of the way. Uh, I'll be rooting for you. Yeah, All right, guys, you got it, man. man. Take care. Be good. All right. Thank, Thank you. you. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. That horn signals the end of the first quarter. Uh, that was enjoyable. I hope uh, anybody listening enjoyed that. I enjoyed it. What would you think, Boomer? Yeah, he seems like a pretty good, good guy. He's got the accent down a little bit better than you. Uh, maybe that's just, you know. <laughs> The, the older generation's got that accent going a little bit more than the, the younger generation. I don't know. Um, yeah, I think so. I call, think so. He... Uh, yeah, during the phone call, though, I, I was going to say uh, Lou was on the line. I didn't want to bring him in during the thing. I was going to bring him on afterwards. But So if Lou, if you're listening, buddy, you can call back in. But we just, you know, we had an important uh, conversation to do there. If you have something to say, you can come back on. Yeah, yeah, go ahead, uh, Lou. You can definitely call back in. And let's move onward to the second quarter. And Oh, actually, real quick, anybody that wants to watch the game, um, the next game for Staten Island is going to be Wednesday, 7.30 p.m. I actually wanted to ask him about that, playing a night game. Um, I forgot about that. But it's going to be Wednesday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern time, uh, and they're going to be playing Honolulu, probably on ESPN, right? Yeah, I'm guessing so. All right, well, the second quarter. Uh, Boomer, this is more of your forte. Uh, AP NCAA rankings came out. I know Alabama's number one, and I automatically disagree with that, but that has nothing to do with college football. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, I disagree with you. Why, why do you disagree with it? Why does that have nothing to do with college football? <clears throat> because Nick Saban is the devil. Oh, boy. I'm a Dolphins You're fan. Crazy. Boomer, come on. That's not his fault that your doctors are too stupid and not take Drew Brees. Like, that's all that. No, 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 no. Come on. Oh, yeah. Come on. The guy holds a yep. press conference and goes, I am not signing with Alabama. About six hours later, he was on a plane to Alabama. That's ridiculous. That's okay. We're, we're that's ridiculous, right that. Boomer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the AP poll, they do have Alabama number one. My top uh, – top 25 rankings that I put out on Pro Sports Extra. I have Alabama number two um, with Clemson number three, and they got Georgia number three, Clemson number two. They have Ohio State falling all the way, all the way to fifth on this. I don't know if it's because Urban Meyer is maybe they don't know what's going on with that, but I think they're nuts. I have Ohio State That's number gotta one. That's got to be why. Uh, yeah, Haskins. That's got to be why. They got this where, year. where did they finish last year? They were one of the best teams in the country. Am I wrong? Ohio State? Yeah, you got yeah. your top five last year at the end of the year, yeah. Yeah, it's got to be because of Urban Meyer. There was some more stuff that came out about him today, I believe. Like some well, more stuff about, about he was aware about whatever was going on. Yeah, I don't even – that Brett McMurphy guy's an idiot. Uh, I don't even care anymore. Just put the reinstate the guy and let him coach some football. But I have him number one because That's I believe I that their quarterback – their quarterback they got coming in this year is a million times better than J.T. Barrett. He probably should have started over Barrett last year. 
Uh, Haskins is coming in. I think he's an awesome dual-threat quarterback. Urban's going to be able to do a lot of things with them. I think that Ohio State ends up being the the winner uh, of the whole thing this year, unless they fire Urban, which I don't think they will do. Uh, but other than that, the top five is pretty close. Um, another big discrepancy I have, uh, for me, I have Michigan all the way up to number five, and they have Michigan all the way at 14, which makes no sense to me. They have Shea Patterson, who is one of the number one recruits in the nation. It's the first time Harbaugh's had a good quarterback. Um, the Big Ten is probably the strongest conference there is right now. And I, I just don't get how they can put Michigan all the way down to 14 and have Notre Dame all the way up to 12 in front of them. I, I think Michigan, they play Notre Dame opening week of the year. Michigan's going to run through That's Notre a good Dame. game. No? Yeah, I don't even have Notre Dame like in my top 25. It's going to be a good well, game. According. It's a two-point spread right now. Uh, yeah. But I just think that Michigan's way better than Notre Dame. I, I, don't, I, don't, I, I think they win. I think it's pretty easy. Um, they have five Big Ten teams in the top 15, which is pretty impressive. That's uh, I think they're a little high on uh, Penn State. I think Michigan's better than Penn State, too. Penn State's number 10. Um, they, they're a little high on Wisconsin at four. I mean, not not too bad. I mean, I think I have them at seven, so it's not nothing too crazy. Uh, Wisconsin just needs to get a, a passing game down. I know you don't watch too much college football at all. Uh, but Wisconsin always has one of the best defenses year in and year out. They have a very easy schedule this year. Their hardest, One of their hardest games is going to be to play Iowa in Iowa, and Iowa I don't think is going to be that good at all. Um, so that's one of their toughest games. Uh, you know, playing Nebraska has uh, a new coach who, even though he went undefeated last year uh, with uh, Central Florida, uh, he's now in the Big Ten and – it's his first year, so who knows how that's going to turn out. He could be awesome. He could not be. Any other arguments you have besides Alabama at number one? Because you hate Nick Saban because of the NFL. I mean, not really, just because I don't watch it enough to know. Like, if it was midseason, I could give you more of an opinion, but I don't watch it enough to know the teams with all the turnover that happens in college football. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? A team that I like, think, if it was midseason, yeah, I follow it from a distance during the season. I mean, I'm, okay. I want to watch well, it more because I honestly want to see what happens with Ohio State right now. That's kind of the, the interesting yeah, I, story to me. See, I, yeah, I agree. I mean, I watch it constantly. I'm a, I'm a huge fan. Um, so, I mean, I just kind of just watch all football all weekend long. So, I'm kind of a nut job in that sense. Uh, a team that I think that, like I was just talking about, Scott Frost left is uh, Central Florida. For some reason, AP has them all the way up at 21. Uh, I know they got their quarterback back, but, I mean, a whole new coach, a different – I mean, they're going to probably try and run the same system, but I don't see how it's going to work. <clears throat> it is what it is. And, as always, the AP gave the SEC a lot of love, even though I think a lot of their teams this year aren't very good. I think the only – Teams that are really good are Alabama, Georgia, and Auburn. Other than that, I think their conference is going to be terrible this year. Wasn't there a whole big controversy with UCF last year? Yeah, they won undefeated, didn't get in the playoff, and then they yeah. played Auburn in the bowl game and, and beat Auburn pretty pretty soundly. So then they declared themselves the national champions. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially on Twitter was going nuts. People from UCF on Twitter were going crazy. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, good for them. Like, if you're not going to get a shot, you might as well stir things up by saying stuff like that. I, I got no problem yeah. with it. I thought it was kind of cool. Uh, whatever, if you got to be gimmicky in your UCF, I mean, that's what you got to do. This, it's not your fault that they don't let you have a chance in the playoffs, which I think they should have gotten a chance over Alabama, who actually I think they should have too. The regular season, it's an SEC bias to put both oh, those teams in. God, boomer. It is. It's it's BS. Like, oh you God. Can't have you boycotted you can't have a team it? that didn't win their own conference. Oh, yeah, I did. I didn't watch any of it. You it boycotted it? Stop it. Yep. I did. Stop it. Happened, it. So I can't stop it. Uh, That's ridiculous. It was stupid. No, you cannot. It was. Alabama I agree. That was very stupid of you. Yeah, but <laughs> Alabama Alabama's going to have the best quarterback they've ever had, so I they might have a chance to breathe through everything. Uh, but I Not going to happen. Yeah, <laughs> you and your saving hate. It's not gonna, it's not gonna happen. And that is the end of the second quarter. And in case you haven't noticed, not all the quarters are the same time. So technically, they're not really quarters. Technically, this isn't really thirty minutes. So I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> moving on to the third quarter. <laughs> moving on to the third quarter. We're gonna touch into some NFL. Because football is back, baby. Um, Des Bryant, of course, Boomer, is still making news. Did, uh, did you hear what he told Hugh Jackson when he met with no, the Browns? So, so, for anyone that doesn't know, Des Bryant was, was, was not this, – this is the story so far of Des Bryant and the Cleveland Browns. Des Bryant was released from the Cowboys. The Cleveland Browns said that they would be interested in signing Des Bryant. They called Des Bryant. So the general manager from the Cleveland Browns tweeted about how Des Bryant wasn't answering their calls. Des Bryant tweeted back at him that he'd love to meet with him. So he met with him. And then, while meeting with the Browns, Des Des Bryant apparently told head coach Hugh Jackson that he was looking for realness. (laughs) That's it. That's it, Boomer. He's looking for realness. What does that even mean? Don't you get it? Don't you understand? Don't you understand? Des Bryant is just looking for realness. That's all he wants. Just some realness. <laughs> I I, uh, I mean, that guy is just I, – I don't even know what to say about him anymore. I, I think he's honestly lost it. I think he's like T.O., man. They just can't get out of their own ways. They they don't know what the, the hell is going on T.O. in the real world. They're than and better than him, but he's just as big of a nutcase in his head. I'll say that much. No, I think he's I think he's crazier than T.O. Some no. of what T.O. does T.O. is calculated. Dez is just nuts. T.O. is not doing anything calculated, I promise you. He can say all he wants is calculated. That guy's got no idea what's going on. I don't know. I'm a T.O. guy. You're just you're a hater to me. <laughs> no, it's it's not hate, man. The guy's an idiot. I mean, that's all it comes down to. So, do you think they're going to hear... sign him or what? Do I think who Cleveland's going to sign Des Bryant? Yeah, you think they're going to sign Des? Yeah. Well, what I, I don't know if they're going to sign him, but what I was going to say is that speaking of nut job and and again, I every week now it's since preseason started, it seems like this guy's making news. For kind of dumb things, Jarvis Landry still wants Des Bryant. He's also mentoring Antonio Callaway, which I think is not a bad thing. Um, from watching Hard Knocks, 
The kid Callaway looks like he could be real good if he just keeps his head on his shoulders. Unfortunately for him, Jarvis Landry can't keep his head on his shoulders all of a sudden. I mean, he's got still a great talent. He's still a great talent. He's still one of the best in the NFL. But I don't know where, like, he's just acting crazy. He's acting crazy. This isn't the Jarvis I know, Boomer. This is not the Jarvis that I know. But if he's not with Miami, I don't care. Act like a crazy person. Go ahead. Well, he, he he's feeling free over there in the Browns institution. Yeah, uh, but free to throw punches. Yeah, well, he laid out a defender the other day that he's probably going to get fined for. Uh, this He actually took out another Aaron Williams a couple years ago, which pretty much same hit, ended Aaron Williams' career um, in football. So a lot of people are talking about Jarvis Landry being a cheap shotter now, uh, which, you know, is I mean, whatever. Jarvis Landry is a hell of a run blocker is really what he is. Yeah, well, either way, you know, people are calling cheap shots, but that's that's what they do when receivers block hard. Um, yeah. But I, I think that the Browns do not sign Dez now that Gordon is back for sure. Uh, Gordon coming back, that's I mean, they're, he's an unbelievable talent. I think he's going to have an unreal year. Um, I think people are going to sleep on him because they think he might still be dysfunctional, but I think he's going to come in hot and just – be on fire with Tyrod Taylor. I mean, him and Landry, I don't know how you're going to guard them because you can't double-team either one because the other one's going to be wide open. So it's going to be – they should have a good year. I'm not going to lie. They have decent running backs. And you can't force so Tyrod into mistakes because it's rare. He rarely makes he rarely makes mistakes. He not Well, I yeah. wouldn't say he rarely makes mistakes, but he rarely makes mistakes that turn into turnovers. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Uh, part of the reason Buffalo wanted to actually get rid of him, though, as they say, he can only read half the field. So uh, they're saying that a lot of times there's wide open when they're watching film in the room that there's tons of wide open plays that he misses because he only can I've heard that. calculate one, yeah, one half of the room. So we'll, we'll see if maybe he made some strides in that. Uh, otherwise, you might want to bring in the old gunslinger Baker Mayfield and see what if he can windmill <laughs> down the field after a touchdown like he did in college or something. Um, so I, I mean, well, I, I, I'll tell I you think what. they have a chance to be eight and eight. Uh, I was going to say, I'll tell you what. There's a chance we may see Baker. Uh, besides, obviously, you know, we all know if they go 0-5, he's going he's gonna to wind up starting. But there's a chance that we could see him if, they're, if they have a 500 or a winning record or the rest of the season looks really promising. Because, Boomer, think about this scenario, right? Just like last year with the Buffalo Bills. Okay, let's say the Cleveland Browns go into week, let's say they go into week eight and they're five and three, but Tyrod Taylor is averaging 230 yards a game. So you have a winning football team, you have a rookie quarterback, and this is all based on obviously if Baker looks like he could carry a football team. Uh, you know, and is challenging Tyrod in practice. So you have a rookie sitting there who you think could go in with this offense that's already winning games. And if you think he could be more explosive, the same thing Buffalo Bills thought Peterman could do last year, you we could potentially see Baker if Cleveland has a five and three record, a four and four record. You know what I mean? I think I think there's no way he gets in unless they have unless the season kind of falls apart. Uh, Hugh Jackson needs really? to keep his job. Yeah, I, I don't think there's any way. Uh, Dorsey, the GM, has 
been saying forever that he's not going to play Baker this year. Hugh Jackson, I don't think, wants to play him because he wants to get as many wins as he can so he doesn't get fired. Dorsey last year had Pat Mahomes at Kansas City and didn't play him. So, I mean, I, I think there's a shot that he doesn't play him. Um, unless – if they're having a bad season and you know, if things start to fall apart, I think he definitely gets in. But if they're even 50-50 or have a winning record, I don't think there's any way he gets in uh, this year. Uh, maybe at the very end of the year, if, like, they just missed the playoffs or something the last couple of games, maybe he might get in. Uh, but other than that, I don't I don't think that he will actually get a start if they have any kind of winning record or any kind of momentum going. I think they might use him to get over the hump. I, I mean, Buffalo tried to do it last year. Nate Peterman obviously is and it, horrible. And it failed. Yeah, because <laughs> Nate Peterman, is a, he's not a number one overall pick. I get that. I don't think Baker Mayfield should have been a number one overall pick, so I, I don't know how to oh, really get really. You sneeze too high, but that's besides the point. But all right, another move. Go ahead, you go, Boomer. All right, in other news today, AP got signed by the Redskins after all their football injury troubles that they've been having. Do you think he was worth the signing, or would you rather have them sign Jamal Charles? Um, I think he was worth it. Because he's not costing them anything. If he if they signed Jamal Charles, they would have to pay Jamal Charles. I mean, it would probably not be much either. But guess what? It wouldn't be one point zero one five million dollars. Basically, they're paying Adrian Peterson one million dollars for one year. Jamal Charles would not have come at that price. Well, I think uh, last year that's about what he played for for Denver. So I, I don't think it would have been anything much more than that. Uh, but yeah, for me, I think AP still has something to tank. I think he showed it in flashes last year in Arizona, but Arizona is just awful. Uh, so, you know, that's what came out of that. Um, their line is terrible. I think the Redskins have a better line. I think AP could have a decent year. Plus, they still have a couple other running backs back there that catch balls out of the backfield, which is what Jamal Charles would have been more uh, doing more of for him. Um, so I think AP is a good sign. I think he could still be a beast, even though he's 33 years old and he hasn't done much lately. Uh, but I'm glad to see it. I like the guy. I like his style. Uh, I'd, I'd love to see him have a breakout year. It'd be pretty awesome. Yeah, we both had them really low in our rankings, right? Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. I, I mean, I don't, I don't think he's going to make that. I don't think he's going to make that much of a difference for them, but. I think it's a good for him. It's good for them. I think it, I think it definitely works. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, I had him 23, so towards the bottom. Um, I, I think he'll make a little. And I think I even they had him lower. have a good line. Yeah, you might have. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I, I think he can make a difference. I don't think their team is actually that bad. I I think it's going to be. I think their owner hurts them more than anything. I think they should have just kept Kirk Cousins. Yeah. I don't know why they traded for Alex Smith. So I don't know how the Alex Smith thing is going to work there. So who knows? Could could get crazy. I don't know what's really going to happen. All right, boom. Staying on the NFL. Something yeah. I saw you arguing with people on Twitter about. Yeah. I was going to get in, oh, yeah. but um, you were on a little bit of a rampage. And we agree but disagree. <laughs> So, okay. yeah, you you started off. Talking about you talking about the the head tackling rule? Yeah. Uh, yeah, because I've been in a fight with a couple of different people about different things. Um, 
So I know you wanted yeah, a box. So you wanted. I mean, you wanted to tackle one guy. And no, 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 no. All the way around. So this guy keeps oh, right, tweeting. Right. He keeps tweeting saying how you know they need to keep their heads up and blah 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 when tackling. And I, I'm, what I'm trying, to, what I've told this guy a couple times now is like. I don't think you understand the speed of the game. You know how easy it is to say just sitting on your couch to keep your head up, and he comes back with, oh, blah, 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 and somebody else says something to him like, have you even ever played football? And he's like, oh, yeah, in uh, middle school or something. I don't remember what he said now. Um, And so he kept on just saying how it's a penalty and they need to change. And I think it's what what people are trying to – what the penalties they're calling – and the way that people are trying to talk, like it's in any league when you're cutting somebody off or somebody's coming through the hole or they're lowering their head at you, is almost impossible. Because where your shoulder goes is where your head's going to go. So you're talking about like sticking your neck out to keep your face mask up while you're trying to tackle somebody. So just think of what's going to happen to your neck if that part of your head gets hit into their body. Like you're going to jam your neck straight back. Like, I don't, it sounds like it's going to hurt like hell. I don't get what, so this guy kept going on about it. So uh, I played high school, a little bit of college football, some semi-pro football, and I'm a pretty big dude and I'm athletic. So I straight up challenge the guys like, hey, this is what we can do. Me and you, full pad, we'll run straight down the field and we'll see if you can keep your head up when trying to tackle me. And I, and I pretty much told him I was going to lay his fucking ass out. That's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I, 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 I disagree with you a little bit, okay? Um, from youth age, you're taught to keep your head up. And if you put your head down, number one, it's spearing, it's not tackling. And number two, one day somebody's going to wind up paralyzed or dead on the field from putting their head down. Because the way you described well, if you hit somebody and your face mask goes into their chest or whatever and their shoulder and your head gets pushed back, that's actually going to do a lot less damage than if your head is down and you hit them in the chest with the crown of your head because you'll just drop on the floor and not be able to move. Um, Also, a lot of the penalties that are being called are bad because the guys are tackling with the right form. You see safeties coming in on running backs, dropping down, and like they say, from the minute you're taught, they teach you how to tackle, square up, Drive your shoulder through his chest. You Low man not, wins. And wait, hold on. I'm not. Hold on, boom. And I'm not saying you could do that every time. I'm not saying you could do that every time. See, the problem with the rule is the rule should be discretionary, and the rule should be about intent. Because you are right. The game moves way too fast for in the open field at a high speed collision. If if a running back is going to get tackled by a safety or a corner or a linebacker coming at him, obviously he's going to drop because, like I just said, low man wins, right? So if the tackler's coming at him and he drops to try and run through the tackler or he moves to the left to try and go around him, in a, in a split second that we can't even think that fast, their bodies move. And on those tackles, these referees – need to not worry about where the defender wound up when he hit the player. Where was he? Like they say in hockey, in hockey you can't leave your feet. Your, your skates can't leave the ice when you hit somebody. So it's not about where you wind up. It's about where you're coming from. So 
if a safety is going, and again, I'm not even saying that this is easy to do. I think the rule's stupid. I don't think there should be the rule. But I think if you're going to have the rule, it has to be discretionary. It has to be if the safety's coming down and has his head down and he's targeting the helmet and he's trying to hit the guy in the head, then fine, throw a flag at this point if we're going to have to have the rule. But if a running back has to move and adjust himself so that he can get down the field and it winds up putting the safety in a position where he's going to draw a penalty or the other way around because now they're calling them on the running backs and the offensive players, then you can't throw the flag. It just it, it, I mean, it's too it's too much it, it's it's too much too many questions. You know what I mean? There's too many ifs. There's too many. Yeah, this is too okay. Many variables going this is on easy to do. It, it, yeah, it's way to too many variables. Here's the thing. Right. Yeah, right. That's why the but where I do now, disagree with you, you is say, is that these guys are professional football players and they are taught. From I mean, these guys are as young as, let's say, 20, 21, and as old as 35, 36, 37, 38, some guys. And so for anywhere from yes. 10 to 20, 25 years, these guys were taught the right way to tackle. So yeah, they're able what, to do it. Everybody's taught the right way. That's the right way. But you know when you're taught the right way, you know what you do? You stand in a line and you you step and you put your head up, tackle a guy like Everybody can be taught the right way. It's almost impossible as fast as those people are on that field. It's easy to say in high school when there's a bunch of people who aren't that fast or aren't that great, and you can have an advantage on somebody. But when everybody's the but same – But guys are doing it, and... Guys are doing no, it. You see guys doing it. They're throwing flags on them, which is ridiculous, but guys are tackling the right way. I could go on Twitter and just and just look up people complaining about the NFL rule, and I'll show you like five, six, seven videos easily where guys are tackling with their head up, driving their shoulder, you know, wrapping up and driving them to the ground. And they're still throwing the flag. But to say that these guys can't do it, they, they're doing it, but they're still throwing the flag. Now, the only, only plays that that works on is on plays where, like, quarterbacks are getting sacked or it's just a easy run up the middle. I'm talking well, – the, the rule that everybody really wants is, like, D-backs and receivers coming across the middle and hitting each other. And I get the – if you launch, like, the people who, like, launch, launch at them, fine. You can call the penalty on that if you want. But a guy who's just coming across, get an angle tackle – and doing everything he can to try and make the tackle. You can't run full speed, try to tackle somebody at an angle, uh, at that and 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 that much stuff going on the field, and not have your head dip with your body as you're trying to make a tackle. Like it's it's just crazy. Let alone then the running back dipping his head, and that's how most of the time they hit. Like most of these aren't penalties. I get some people every once in a while fear people. I get every once in a while some people spear people. Sure, that's fine. Those are obvious. You can tell when somebody is obviously uh-huh. shit and goes head first at somebody and takes them out. You can see it. It's obvious. It's clear as day. That's fine. But 90%, 98% of these calls are BS. It's stupid. This rule is stupid. It's fucking football. Quit trying to go to a fan base that doesn't, or, you know, it's not even people who watch the game that care. It's, Liberal media. That oh right. Football. Well, that's, that's like and they're, and they're winning. And they're winning. I would though. almost say. Because I would. Football is transforming. Oh, they're winning. They're absolutely winning. Those people don't watch. Yeah, football's stupid for doing it because those people aren't even watching anyway. Yeah. So tell them to shut up. 
I would almost say, like, <laughs> if you want the tackling and the hitting to be safer, almost like, I mean, I'm not saying to do this, but I'm saying. Don't even say no help. Like, take out. No, 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 no. That's just stupid. No, take out. Like, I'm saying as far as hitting goes, then take out, like, those those Brian Dawkins, you know, truck stick, hit stick type hits. And, and the rule is you need to tackle. You can't run into somebody and throw your 240 pounds of weight into him, you know, with a shot to the chest. You know what I'm saying? You got to tackle the guy and take him to the ground. That would be like a I more said, efficient rule that would I mean, mean I'm, I'm okay with that. Right. That would be more of, of keeping it to, to football and not changing football itself. You, you want to make guys safe, then fine. Tell, you, you can't run into somebody like you're a Mack truck. You have to tackle him and take him to the ground. That's what the intention of the game is. I mean, this, th- those hits just started happening because guys like Ronnie Lott are out of their goddamn minds. Well, yeah, Jack. I mean, tons of people. Jack Tatum for the Raiders used to be that way, too. Yeah, like, he no, no, there's, been to see, there's, there's a lot of them. Yeah. There's a lot of them, but all I know I'm saying is now I still want to. If you want to, I still want to truck that fucking guy. I want to go straight at him. I do hardcore. Oh, living back in the glory days. I just want to hit somebody. God damn it! What was the other rule that you had a problem with? Oh, the other the rule wasn't a problem. I I was fighting with somebody. Oh, I was fighting with somebody. NBA people were complaining about. Uh, the, what, something about football. Kyle Kuzma said something about how this is the product how it's so much better, and so I had to get into an argument with somebody that you know the NBA nobody watches it, so he just, just shut the hell up. He doesn't even know what he's talking about. But that's besides the point. Well, I got yelled at by Keith Hernandez. Yeah, I don't even know what that was about. Like I didn't get that. You were talking to some chicken suit dude, and he came at you. For dude, I don't, so. I don't all right, so you know who Mike Francesa is? Hold on, hold on. We're about to go to baseball, so you tell that story on the fourth quarter. <laughs> That's the end I of the third quarter. I actually don't know who that guy is, to be honest. Just, just We're going to start I don't have the fourth quarter. All right, well, I'll, I'll tell you in a second. We're going to start the fourth quarter. Uh, we're going to talk a little um, a little baseball. I'm going to start, start with a little story. So the other day on Twitter – uh, Mike Francesa, boom, you know who Mike Francesa is? Yeah, he's a fucking idiot. Yes, he is a fucking idiot. Mike Francesa, for those who don't know, is an idiot. He's also apparently a sports <laughs> broadcast legend uh, on WFAN New York. And uh, it's obviously a New York sports radio show. Um, and Keith Hernandez had made comments about Ronald Acuna getting hit in the elbow the other day. And Keith Hernandez has said that it was okay, whatever. I'm not, I don't know the specifics of his comment. But Mike Francesa had tweeted, I totally agree with Keith Hernandez. Uh, it's part of the game, blah, blah, blah. So I had told him, you're ridiculous. And I said to a friend of mine, I don't understand how this guy has fans because I'm not a Francesa fan. So somebody with the picture of a, like a mascot in a chicken suit decides to tweet at me, I'm sorry you're so slow. You can't put the pieces together to figure this out. Should be obvious. I don't know what that has to do with anything, but whatever. That's what he said about me asking how Francesa has fans. So I don't really entertain trolls on the Internet. It seems like the only people that want to argue with me are people that don't have their own picture in there. 
It's usually something else. So I just made a wise-ass comment about how they're hiding behind the picture of a guy in a chicken suit, uh, sent a funny emoji, uh, a funny gift, and that was it. But Keith Hernandez is still tagged in this whole conversation because of the original tweet from Mike Francesa. And Boomer, you don't know who Keith Hernandez is. He's on the 1986 no Mets World Series team. He's a Hall of Famer. Uh, he is currently one of the Mets broadcasters. Uh, considered one of the better broadcast teams in Major League Baseball. He's also an asshole. He used to have a Bobby. coke problem in the 80s. So did the rest oh, of the Oh, yeah, men. he hung out with Daryl Strawberry. And, uh, those he guys. hung out with Daryl Strawberry. And now when he's on the air, sometimes he likes to talk about how he likes to drink Bloody Marys. That's relevant. I'll tell you why. So Keith Hernandez answering to me for some reason, thinking that I'm talking to him about the chicken soup guy, He's an idiot. <laughs> says to me, I do it on the air, cave troll. My job, if you don't know, is an analyst during Mets broadcasts. I'm paid for my opinion. If you don't like it, so be it. You're the one hiding behind the curtain on Twitter, you brave cave troll. <laughs> so, Keith <laughs> Hernandez called me a cave troll, not once, not once, but twice in the same tweet. So, well, I had to explain to Keith Hernandez how much of an idiot he is because nobody was speaking to him. So I said to him, ha, 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 Keith, I know exactly who you are. Maybe you should read better because I was talking to the guy with the chicken suit picture, not you. No one was trolling you. Maybe you, had a, maybe you started with the Bloody Marys a little too early today. And I never got a response from Keith Hernandez because <laughs> – he probably realized that he's a moron and didn't want to answer me. That yeah, he was just that, down with your caveman ways. Caveman troll ways to be exact. Cave troll. Cave troll. Cave troll. My bad. Uh, cave troll. Yeah. All right, Boomer, we'll end the last ten minutes uh talking. Uh I don't know if you've been following since we've been talking about it. Um Boston is still on just a crazy historic run. Uh, nine-game league in the East. Yankees sitting in second place, obviously nine games behind. Um, Yankees still leading the wild card. That division's out. It's just it's just out of reach at this point. I mean, they, there's obviously a miracle that can happen for them to catch up, but it's probably not going to happen. Judge is taking longer than, than they thought. He's still not fully swinging. He was swinging underwater the other day. Apparently it helps um, swinging that way because there's not as much torque in the wrist underwater, even though uh, there is more resistance from the water swinging. But apparently it's good for his wrist. It's good rehab. I don't know. Um, Oakland, as of right now, is sitting a game behind Houston. Uh, Houston got Springer back. Altuve is supposed to be coming back. I mean, <laughs> the American League wild card is going to be an interesting race to watch. Cleveland's got the Central locked up by 13 games. It's really, honestly, we're looking at Houston, Oakland, and the Yankees right now. Two of those three teams, obviously the Yankees being one of them, is going to be a wild card team. Uh, personally, I'd rather play Oakland. I don't care how hot they are. You play Houston with Justin Verlander, one of the best pitchers in the league, and obviously a Yankee killer. I don't want that. Not in a one-game playoff. Give me Oakland all day. They could, they could, they could not lose another game for the rest of the season, and I'd still rather play Oakland. Uh, in the East, you got Philly only a game behind Atlanta. 
uh, in, uh, in the NL East, uh, I should say. Uh, NL Central, tight race there. Chicago's leading by three games to Milwaukee. St. Louis is four games behind Chicago, obviously only a game back from Milwaukee. Every division's up for grabs in the, in the NL. Arizona's got a half a game on Colorado, two games on, on uh, the Dodgers. It's going to be a real tight race coming down to the end. The American League is the only thing that's really shaping out right now. Um, obviously, like I said, with Boston and Cleveland taking their divisions, it'd be really, really scary as a Yankee fan to see Boston come anywhere near making any kind of history with the wins, so that would suck. But we'll see what happens. The Yankees got to pull it together, got to get Sanchez back soon. Bird's got to get back to hitting, and Duhar's got to keep doing his thing. And we'll see what happens. Boom. I'm here. I didn't fall asleep. I was watching highlights of the <laughs> preseason football game while you went over the conferences and baseball and divisions or whatever and whatnot. Um, I think that it all sounds the same, and I think that hardly anybody's going to watch unless the Yankees – if the Yankees versus the Cubs play, it'll probably be a really high-rated World Series. Other than that, it'll be the same old, same old. Boomer, what do you think about um, Ronda Rousey winning the – one of the women's titles last night in WWE and becoming the first woman to ever win a UFC championship and a WWE championship. I think she is a complete fraud, moron, idiot who will do anything for attention. And I don't think the limelight should be on her anymore. That's what I think. Why do you think that? I think she... She still tries to strut around like she's the baddest woman on the planet, and she got her ass whooped what it's three times in a row, qu- quickly. Like, yeah, what does that have to do with fine. right now? What do you mean? It has everything. She still pretends to be the baddest woman in the world. We all know it's not true. Where, where does she? Where, how does she do that? What do you mean? She's called the baddest woman on the planet. And Brock Lesnar is called Every the baddest man in the world. He's not Brock Lesnar. Well, actually, every time he fights, he usually wins. He just gets busted for steroids, so then it doesn't count. So technically, he, he is fought the man Mark Hunt, Hunt, who is nobody. He still won, but he's nobody. Well, I mean, I'm just saying he won though. Like he did. He's gonna fight Cormier, I think. Maybe we'll see. I mean, if he wins, I mean, at least he hasn't lost three fights in a row Listen, and then boomer. the baddest man on yeah. the planet and, the baddest woman on the planet I mean the Undertaker isn't really dead you know that right it's all a gimmick I get that but guess what the Undertaker never went into the UFC and fought and got his ass kicked and then came over and acted like some badass that's what I'm trying to say Undertaker had a gimmick in the WWE forever yeah but so she did it that. first and what about Dan Severn and Ken Shamrock what, nobody called Ken Shamrock the baddest man. And Ken Shamrock, him and his old UFC days is nuts. Did you ever watch that? Ken Shamrock he was, was a bad man. Ken Shamrock still is yeah. a bad man. Ken Shamrock will whoop some ass. No, I can't disrespect it, though. You know why, Boomer? Because I guess as a wrestling fan, like, I know a little more of the story, I guess. I mean, she was always close with Rowdy Roddy Piper. That's where she gets her whole gimmick from now. They call it Rowdy Ronda Rousey. 
uh, yeah, they call her the baddest woman on the planet, but that's just, it's just a carryover from the UFC to build her character. This is what she's yeah, going to be yeah. doing. Like, this is, this is legit her career. She's going to be doing this for the next at least five, six years, at, at least. You know, it's just a carryover. I mean, I can definitely respect what she's doing. She was a fan. She's doing yeah, something I she really like to do. She knows her actual fighting career is over. So she's, she's making movies, and she's in the entertainment business. That's all it is. Yeah, I'm a hard pass on her. But we only got about three minutes left. Let's talk about our fantasy football league. What's going to be happening? Yeah. It is full. You cannot get in anymore unless you want to message one of us. Maybe we'll open two slots. Highly doubtful. I kind of like 12. What's your take? Give us some fantasy football well, knowledge, Ron. Uh, my take is that the draft is going to be this Sunday. Uh, we're trying to coordinate the time. I don't have a take, Boomer. I'm not giving any secrets away. What are you, nuts? Um, yeah, it's going to be this Sunday. We're 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 pretty excited for it, actually. Um, I kind of I really want to win so I could get all the gear for myself. And, yeah, that would just be pretty awesome if I, if I won it and I got everything. I'd be all right with that. But the high score of every week is going to be able to call into the show. So if you are in the league and you are listening to the show, be ready for that. Uh, obviously, you don't have to, but it's a fun little thing we want to do. Um, I don't know. Boomer, who who goes first pick? How about that? Who who would you um, take first pick right now? I think we oh talked yeah, about you this already. Couple, yeah, well, you asked me this like a month ago uh, before we knew for sure we were getting the league, which I am very excited about. The draft's 345 this Sunday. Um Finally got 12 people, and probably half people I know, half people I don't. Still going to be pretty fun. Uh, hopefully people do call in and have fun with it or at least, like, leave a message we can play, you know, if they can't be up this late because they have school or some shit or work. I don't know, you know, things normal people do, uh, just not me. Um, so, you know, maybe we can figure something out, a nice voice thing that maybe we can put up somewhere off on Twitter or whatever. Uh, but excited about it. If I had the number one pick, uh, I probably would take Ezekiel Elliott myself. And I'm still going L Bell. Um, boom, yeah, how about I still to play my championship game? Got rained out again. Oh, yeah? Got rained out yeah, again, that's bro. Two weeks in a row. That's a sign that you shouldn't be playing that shit, man. We got to play this Sunday now without the kid who put the whole team together, my boy, who got the, the sponsorship from his company and everything. He's going to be in Greece. Uh, no, it's going to be early during the day. I'm, I'm not going to miss the draft. Don't worry about it. But the show is almost over. We only have about 35, 40 seconds left. So, as usual, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at A-R-E-O-H-E-N-4. Hope you enjoyed the show today. Thank you to Coach Calabrese for coming on. I'm Ron. I'm Boomer, at Live with Boomer, or P-C-B, baby. If you listen to the show, we are premium now. If you want to call, call in. If not, we can call you now. Uh, we're going to try maybe getting Skype going where me and Ron can see each other so we're not cutting each other off. We're going to have, have Ron ask him, send me some sounds so we can make this show better. Mm-hmm. Throw in some more sounds other than just the air horn and uh, get, get, some, get some stuff going uh, over here. And uh, other than that, Thanks for listening. That's the end of 30-minute timeout. That was the first hour ever. Peace. See you in the future. Peace.